we love God's word. We're a people of God's word, but we always uh, honor the prophetic as well. And uh, in this church, most of the prophetic words are given during the week, fun enough, and they are so helpful. And uh, uh, I, I'm just, these guys are, are really just sort of freaked out because I pounced on them during just about 30 seconds ago. Um, but I felt like... Um, I just wanted to honor the Lord, and I felt that that between the two of these ladies, that they would, uh, I felt the Lord say, get them to work in tandem. And uh, they're both tried and tested prophetic people. And I'm just going to uh, ask the Lord now just to give us a little word of encouragement of some kind, which will will just help us and spur us on. Father, I want to say thank you for for the gifts of the Spirit. We're so grateful to you that uh, you have not left us comfortless and that you have empowered us by your spirit. And so I just pray now, Lord God, that whatever you give, be it something little or something magnificent and huge, that, Lord God, that uh, we will just get a, 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 very, a very imminent, a very fresh word to encourage us in this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Now, you guys don't know each other, so you've not had a chance to collude or anything. Uh, and this, who wants to go first? Melanie, go on there. Great. Okay. Um, I feel like the Lord said uh, Song of Songs 2, where he says this, the rain is over, this winter is past, and spring is coming, and it is in full bloom. The second thing I saw that the Lord said was, get ready, bring your sick, because mercy is going to flow in this place. Bring your sick, bring your brokenhearted, bring the people that you know that just need a touch from the Lord, because he's here He's going to fall like rain, and it's going to be like revelation. Oh, my gosh, I'm starting to shake. It's going to be like the revelation coming, and the gold's going to come, and you're going to see what the Lord's going to give because he's going to bring healing. So bring your sick. Bring your brokenhearted. Bring the people who need Jesus because in this place, the Lord's going to reign, and he's going to reign so amazingly that people are going to walk out changed different in their relationship. Your relationships are going to get deeper and deeper with the Lord, and you're going to see things that you've never seen. People who've wanted healing to, 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 to do that, to do the healing, the Lord's going to give it to you, not because you've asked, but because his mercy's on you, and because he loves his people, and he loves his sheep, and you people are his sheep, and you get to go out, and you get to heal the sick, raise the dead, watch the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the blind see. So bring your people Bring them because it's time. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Melanie, just stay here a second. Just stay here. Don't run off. Sue. Sue, yeah. and, Sue and Griffin have been with us since the beginning. And Sue has encouraged me in the darkest of hours. And uh, just lovely to have you up here. You didn't want to come up here. Look at you, you're trembling. Um, well, because <laughs> whenever he does anything, it's always... Um, It's all portent something else, so. You know how on the TV, you've got good cop and bad cop? Well, she was a good cop. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who know your Bible, um, God has been speaking to me through Malachi this week. And if you know Malachi, you'll know that it was the last thing that God said before 400 years of silence. Mm. Now, That doesn't mean anything at all to any of us here, apart from the fact that the word of the Lord never, it it never falls to the ground, it never is without reason. So I would encourage you as a church to read Malachi this week. 
and to let God speak to you through it. Mm. He spoke to me deeply through it. And I think it will call into being a new breed of Christian in this church. Somebody who um, understands about covenant. It's about the covenant of God, about the conditional covenants of God. And it's about, I will come, it was sparked off actually by something that Chris said last week. He talked about the hand of God, not just, you know, don't just look to his hand, but look to him as well. And I, I researched that when I went home and God spoke to me through Malachi. And when I walked in here today, he said to me, it's not set in stone, but it is set in resin. And I think he meant that we also have a part to play in sculpting who we become as a church. Mm. You know, it's not set in stone. It's your, what you bring. It's what you bring to the table as well. It's, what, it's the response that you give to what God says to you. And I would encourage you and say to you, please, don't, when God speaks to you, just pass that word by. Go home and treat it like gold and silver. It is valuable. Mm. Research it and mine it and see what it brings up in you. Because in every single one of you, there is treasure within you that God has put inside of you. And only you can choose how you spend it. Mm. That gold and silver that he puts inside of you is what you bring as your offering to your God. It's not like money that we spend in an ordinary economy. If you will spend it in here for the benefit of the people that are around you and that God will bring to this place, you will find your treasure in heaven. That money is never spent unwisely. It will go before you. Mm. It will be part of the treasure that you lay down before Christ when you get to heaven. Mm. Please mind that treasure that God has put within you. Every single one of you who has talent, use it for the benefit of this place. I have been here a long time. I've seen this church grow. We have not done a percentage portion of what God intends to do in here. Wonderful. We have literally scratched the surface. Mm. But it's not about Chris and it's not about Fliss. It's not about Linda, it's not about John, it's not about anybody else. It's about you. It's about how you can bring what God has given you to the altar. Mind that treasure that is within you and bring it. Wonderful, thank you. Let it will just... grow you so much more. Thank you, let me just pray. Thank you. <clears throat> just stay there, guys. Father, I want to say thank you to you for Lord God, uh, we've often sung that song, Emmanuel, that Joe Blustin wrote, God with us. And I thank you, Lord God, that in these moments when we take steps of faith, we find you, Lord God, ready to work with us and lead us on. And may we be a people who are willing to take risks, to, to step out. Thank you, Lord God, for that encouragement, that affirmation of your word, the book of Malachi, Lord God where you, you speak to your people 
uh, a word, Lord God, that will lead to life if they will but pay attention. And thank you for that, that word about uh, uh, your, your real springtime. It feels as if we're in springtime, Lord God, and we want to work with you, and we want to, we want to be amongst those who, who see ever more of the lost, the lonely, the sick, the lame, the blind, the deaf coming into this place, because, Lord God, there, there is, we, we gain that reputation and spirit that God is in the house. And that, Lord God, you come and you do great things among us. So, Lord God, we're looking forward to that. And we, we take seriously that word that you've only just started to do what you're going to do in this place. And so we pray, Lord God, that you would indeed do more among us. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give these guys a round of applause. Bless them. During the break, I said to both of these ladies, have you got a prophetic word? I felt the Lord was saying. And they, both of them said, no. And, uh, and I said, well, you're coming up anyway, uh, so you better pray, you know. And uh, thank God that God was faithful. There's a lot there to just sort of take away and digest. Let me pray again, and then I'm going to do the, the, the teaching that I've prepared for this morning. Father, I want to say thank you to you for your presence. Thank you, Lord God, for your, what we call your rhema word. We thank you for your, your living word, the Bible. And we pray now, Lord God, that you would, you would have mercy upon us and that you would do everything that you have said you would do and everything that you have in mind to do. Let nothing be left out or excluded. And may you, as you look upon us, Lord God, May your heart swell with pride because you find in us a people who are faithful and obedient, who listen to your word, who seek your face, and seek to reach out in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, last week we began a little series called Stretch, a slightly unusual title, but if you were here you will know I, I kind of used a little acrostic and we, we talked about personal review, re- renewal, how we wake up in order to embrace and to take hold and be part of everything that God has in store for us. We don't want to go through life as if we're half asleep. Particularly when it comes to the things of the Spirit, we want to be awake to what God is doing and we want to be alive to that. Now, if you missed that talk, the good news is it's on the website. You can can catch up, you can listen to it. But it was really just a little personal wake-up call, something that you can use uh, just to to reflect. And some of the points I made, you'll think, well, great, well, I'm doing that, that's fine, no problem there. But others might make you feel a little wriggly and think, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, Chris was right on that one and I really do need to press in on that. So there you are, take it and use it as a tool to, to wake up, to help you to stretch, to be, the, you know, to be the best version of you for Jesus. I'm going to continue that theme today, that stretch theme about us as a community. And I'm really talking about us as a community. Now, it's natural as I go through this this short teaching that you may find some personal application. So be it. But I am not advocating, uh, I'm not actually speaking to you as individuals, but to us as a community. So when I talk about risk, and I will talk about risk at one point, I'm talking about us as a community. Uh, not, not as you as individuals, unless God very specifically nails you on something, in which case, talk to your, you know, talk to your small group leader or your, a friend of yours, get them to pray and just check that out. I don't want anybody doing rash and crazy things just because they thought I said that you had to do it. Understand? Good. Okay, right. Now talk about rash and crazy things. I mean, that was a bit of a rash and a crazy thing there because these guys took a risk and they did fabulously well. Uh, and also I took a bit of a risk because um, I wasn't sure what they were going to say. Uh, they could have said something like, Chris, repent and turn away or do something, you know. But fortunately, that's not what they said. 
Um, there's nothing I actually know I need to repent of, but my wife will probably tell me when I go home. But uh, so, so that was a little bit of a risk there. But last year, we also took a bit of a risk in that we said, uh, we're going to pitch for 100 baptisms, 100 baptisms. And it came back to me that one or two people found that difficult or didn't like that or they found that sort of, you know, didn't, didn't sit well with them or they kind of wanted to distance themselves from that. And I, and I found that very interesting. But actually, for those of you who were there on the, on the occasion on, in December, I think it was December 9th in the evening, we had the most wonderful, wonderful evening. It was truly a foretaste of heaven. There was just a, an extraordinary sense of God's presence in the place. It was the most fun I've had in a very long time at church. And, and it will be something I will always remember. Now, I'm delighted to say that that Emma Blustin, our communications and PR person, has put together, a cobbled together really, uh, various bits of videos off iPhones and things, and we've got a little presentation for you here, and it's just so wonderful. Just watch this. Thanks, guys. Let's run it. Well, I could spend all day watching things like that. I find it so moving. Many of those people I know, I know the stories and that, that you know, just wonderful. I mean, that dear man at the end, Kevin, I, I, he's probably somewhere in the congregation this morning, but... You know, that, that was just a wonderful moment. Uh, the culmination of, of a lot of love from the Lord and a lot of support from people. And, and I tell you, it's like a drug, just, just being involved in a community that is a transformational community, a community that, that sees people's lives changed. I mean, real life situations that actually you know, in terms of Shelley, for example, I think Shelley, I don't know whether she's over there this morning, but she's, where's Shelley? She's, okay, we mentioned Shelley recently. There she is at the back, bless her heart. She was the first one we saw baptized, and there was a report about her in the local paper a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I mean, these people who, for, for many, for some of them, you know, society's given up on them, and, and yet the Lord Jesus hasn't, and he does extraordinary things. Now, I don't know how, whether you were counting, probably not, but there were 26, we saw 20, just 26 there. Last year we actually baptized 69. We missed 100, oh my gosh. But we, there were 69 of that. <laughs> 69. Do you know what the average size of a, of a church in the UK is at the moment, about 64. It's actually dropping. We baptized more people last year than there are in the average church, you know. And, and so, you know, I, I, I am just so thrilled. We took a bit of a risk. We, we, we trained up. We did that sort of just walk across the room. And you guys, you, you, you spoke to your neighbors, your friends, and you reached out. And in a normal year before last year, we would, act, we would, we would baptize maybe 30, maybe, maybe 35. That would be, you know, the sort of kind of expectation. But... We, we, we baptized 69 last year, and that was, I think, God honoring us being willing to stretch ourselves, to take a risk. So I'm going to say sometime this year, we're going to do another mass baptism. They were so fun. And we'll say, let's put it 100. Let's see if we can beat 69. You know, if we, set, if we set our goals up there somewhere, then if we hit there, it's pretty good. But if you, hit, if you set your goal there and you hit there, well, I mean, nobody's going to really get excited about that. But let's set big and audacious goals and work towards that and let God do the rest, you know. So anyway, stretch. What would this 
you know, in a community like ours, what would it be? What would it look like? What would we need to do? What attitude do we need to take on board if we're going to stretch and and take hold of everything that God has in store for us. Now, last week I showed you another video clip just by way of setting the scene, and it really related to our personal walk with the Lord. This is actually the same video clip, but the text is slightly different, and it really relates to what we're going to do and what attempt to do this year. So let's run that, that other little video clip. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We're going to stretch. We're going to go, we're going to risk, we're going to believe. Three words which, which I'm going to try and sort of give a little bit of interpretation to. They could mean a number of things for you personally. They could mean a number of things for the fellowship. But let me just sort of tell you what I feel as I've been praying, thinking, and talking to you guys, listening to the prophetic word, reading the scriptures about what God has in store for us. First of all, that word go. Go. You know, even when you don't have all the answers. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that we love, we love safety and security. We're, we're wired to try and make things safe for us. But the reality is that if we're going to play it safe with God, we have to risk all. When you play it safe in the kingdom, that means stay close to Jesus. That's the only way to play it safe in terms of the Christian life. Stay close to Jesus. Seek his face. It was the first thing I said last week. Seek his face. Press on in to know Jesus to be familiar with him, so that he truly does become your best friend, somebody who you have an intimate and personal relationship with. And as a fellowship, we will continue to try and write corporate worship songs which draw us into the presence of God. Sometimes people ask me the why about our worship and they say, you know, you know, why don't we do more sort of, you know, uh, you know, exhortation type of songs, songs where you kind of say, come on people, get up and fight, let's go into the world and give the enemy a bad nosebleed and all this kind of stuff, you know. There's all these kind of crazy kind of exhortation songs. They're fun, I, I enjoy seeing them. But actually, what we're about is about pressing into the presence of God. So we don't sing about God, we sing to God. Lord God, you are utterly worthy of honor and praise. Lord God, we love you, we seek your presence. I love your presence. These kind of songs. Our our way of doing Christian faith is to press on into God's presence because that's the only place that you can stay safe. But if you've been a follower of Jesus more than five minutes, you will know to be a follower of Jesus involves risk, involves challenge, involves us taking us into places that sometimes we feel uncomfortable. And it's always gonna be like that. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. But do not fear, I have overcome the world. And if we stay close to Jesus, for some of us, that might mean sacrifice. But if you want to play it safe in kingdom terms, then you have to step out, you have to stretch, you have to engage, you have to throw yourself on God and his love and his mercy. So we are going to go. We're also going to go for it. You know, part of our going thing is that we sent people to, out to church plant last year, and we're going to be doing more Easter this time. You know, there is a sense in which we go out into the community, but also there is a sense of going for it while we're here, bringing the very best of us. You know, coming ready to worship, ready to study God's word, ready to pray, ready to serve. 
If you're looking for somewhere to serve this year, uh, please, you know, go and talk to Kev Nash, our children and youth pastor. We would love more people to sort of serve once a month in in the children's ministry. The children's ministry is exploding again, and we need more help there. And leaders, I want to applaud you because you did an outstanding job last year of just leading us all. There are over 100 leaders here. I'm not talking about staff. I'm talking about 100 leaders in the church, the two congregations and the the rest. Uh, And, you know, just actually just give them a round of applause you know God bless them you know they head up ministries like you know prayer ministries and and prophetic ministries and intercessory ministries they head up ministries like car park ministries and refreshment ministries and welcome ministries every single one of these is critical and crucial to the way that we do church and I want to applaud you and by the way you know I hope to I'm looking forward to meeting with you on Tuesday at eight o'clock for the leaders meeting as we sort of start start really talking about this year and what God has in store for us so God bless you all but we're a people that will go, but we're also going for it in everything that we do. We're giving it 110%, just like Dennis Hilton said two weeks ago, you know, giving of our time, our energy, and our money. And I think as you read through the book of Malachi, you will find that that, that is a challenge to that, giving the best of us to God, not the sort of fag end of us, or the leftovers of us, or the residue, or the smear of us. We give the best of us to God. So go for it, you know, go, risk, believe, Go for it is the first one. The second one is, is um, actually just before I move on from the go thing, I, I was reading in the book of Genesis this week. In fact, let's turn it up. Genesis chapter 12, verses one to four. And there is a passage there which, which I found profoundly challenging. And it resonated with me and us as a people. Genesis chapter 12 says this, beginning at the first verse. The Lord had said to Abram, going to be renamed Abraham at some later date. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So here we have this guy, Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation. But in the book of, uh, in the New Testament, it also speaks about Abraham being the father of our faith because without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not about certainties. You know, many of you have done the Alpha course where you can ask questions and, 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 and you will find in, in many cases answers, but there will always be an element of faith required in this faith we call Christianity. God has set that as the, as the, the yardstick. That is the measure. Do you believe? Are you willing to take that risk? Are you willing to trust in God and to step out in his name? And dear old Abraham here, bless his heart. That was a hard call, you know. That was a tough one. You know, he leaves his country, the place where he has context and identity, the place where he's familiar with the culture, he knows how things work. You know, many of you will have have been abroad, many of you will have gone to two thirds world countries where where it's very disorientating because it's like like everything's changed. You know, all the underlying assumptions that you grow up with, you know, about justice and fairness and the way you treat strangers, they may not do that at all and you may find yourself very threatened and unsettled. 
certainly, you know, when we've taken teams to, to uh, India, there's been often for, some, you know, for folk there, there's a challenge there because it's an entirely different culture there. So Abraham leaves the place of familiarity, the, way he, the place where he knows how things work. It says here, leave your people, the tribe, you know, the tribe from which you belong. And of course, these were tribal cultures, you know, great, huge, you know, often hundreds, if not thousands of people, but there was a common identity, a common ancestry. And what's more, he's asked to leave his father's household, the very place that he grew up and he was nurtured in, the place where, you know, he sat at his mother's feet as a nipper and heard stories and, and played with his brothers and sisters, the place where he got the wisdom of his grandmother and grandfather and her from there. He has to extract himself for all, from all of that. And for what? For a promise, a promise from God. I'm going to bless you, and you will be a blessing. And it says in, in the book of Genesis, and there were a number of challenges along the way for Abraham like this, but it says in the book of Genesis that in all of this, Abraham believed God. He chose to trust God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Wonderful, what a challenge, what a role model for us. You know, what a word to us. And if you forget everything else, don't forget that, you know. As far as risk is concerned, you know, what was, what's going to stretch us as a community? What will, what will stretch us? Well, actually, like it or not, we are being stretched. God does that sometimes. Sometimes he says to us, Chris, you know, you think you, you know, you're all nice and settled. Now I want you to do this. I don't want to serve in the children's ministry. Oh, I'm not that I'm useless with kids. But Chris, you're going to do that. You know, there's going to be that call into that place where you don't feel so safe and so secure. It'll stretch you. Well, this community, this fellowship here is already being stretched. It's being stretched because suddenly we find ourselves enjoying a certain amount of profile. It won't always be like that. I'm sure people will get upset with us at some later state. But at this time, this city, this, this area is looking to us for leadership in a variety of areas, is, is inviting us to be involved in, in resourcing. I mean, every week, people are, are emailing me and asking me, would we provide helpers for this and that ministry? Time and again, I have to say no. The, this week one, it was, would we, uh, would we set up a uh, ex-offenders ministry? Uh, and this person wasn't a Christian, but they'd heard about us and heard about the work we do. And uh, it, it would be a wonderful thing to do. It'd be a great thing to do. We just do not have the resources. But we're being stretched in all these things, and we have to work about you know, what, what God is calling us to do. And I, you know, that would be very exciting at some point. But at the moment, we've, as a people, we've got, to, you know, we've got to make some decisions. And one of those decisions is that we've got to make more room. We have 22,000 square foot here. But you know what, it, it's absolutely rammed, not just, not just trying to park your car on a Sunday, but throughout the week, as I've told you many times, there's stuff going on the whole time. We're actually gonna have to hire, a, uh, the, the, you know, you can apply for this job, we've already hired some more admin staff this year, but we're gonna have to hire a part-time um, building manager to assist our building manager, simply because we can't manage the building. It, it, it's it's, it's, it's be beginning to become more, too much for us because so much ministry is going on in this place. You know, tw not 24-7, you know, we, we do take a break between the hours of midnight and six, although I think, Colette, you know, you, you had all the uh, 20, 30-something doing a fasting and praying. You broke the mold, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just fantastic. It's wonderful. It's awesome, but it's also terrifying at places. 
So we've got to find more space. We've got to sort of start thinking seriously, you know, joking apart. You know, we've got to look at one or two of these other buildings around us and say, well, realistically, we've joked about it, we've teased one another. You know, we've, we've, God has, has spoken to us maybe and, and probably and okay, so we need to look at that. No, but we've got to we've got to stretch ourselves, and we've got to we've got to be willing to 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 risk and to uh, you know be willing to do that. And then, in the midst of all of that, you know, we have to find ourselves asking the question, you know, you know, uh, is this something that we is central to what we want to do? I mean, people will have us doing things that actually we shouldn't be doing. That's a tough one. You know, when somebody comes and asks us to, to help in some ministry, and it sounds good and it is good, but maybe we, we, we shouldn't help. Because in the very center of everything we do, it has got to be what we call redemptive. There's got to be that potential for people who are engaged in that ministry or service in the community to come to Christ. And we've actually had to walk away from some opportunities, like the, you know, the, the uh, there was a, a, a city food bank that was trying to be set up last year, and we had to walk away from that. Why? Because they wanted us to do everything. They even wanted us to fund it. They wanted us to provide the people for it, the space for it. The only thing they didn't want us to do was to be Christians and do it. Now we're a little bit awkward about the Christian thing, so if you can play that down, but all the other stuff we'll have. You know, we had to say, you know, bless your hearts, we can't do that. Because first and foremost, you and I owe our allegiance to Christ. And we serve the community in the name of Christ. And if we're told to shut up about Christ, well then we can't do that. We do not have the mandate for that. We do not have the authority for that. We do not have permission for that. We are first and foremost Christians. And that is what, that is what we do and who we are. And to deny that is to, to, is to cut our, our throats in the midst of it all. You know, a little verse of scripture that has, has challenged me over Christmas as I've been reading. There are others, but, but in uh, Isaiah chapter 54, it says this. The Lord's sort of urging us on to stretch, and he says, enlarge the place of your tent. Isaiah 54 verse 2, uh, there we go. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. For you will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. You know, that thing about shame and disgrace, you know, every time over the 25 years I've been leading this community, I had the privilege of doing that. You know, when God sets a challenge to us, I have to be honest with you. Part of me is going, oh no, oh no, oh no. What if it all goes wrong? What if it's one, one hurdle too far? One, one, one advance too much? You know, we've done okay so far. Can't we just kind of kick back and play it safe? And then the Holy Spirit reminds me. What does he remind me? You know what he reminds me. It's the only way to play it safe in the kingdom of God is is to press on in and take hold of what Jesus is doing. And he is for all, forever pressing forward. It says in the scriptures that the disciples did not want him to go to Jerusalem to die upon the cross. They were nervous about that. But it says in the scriptures, and I love the way it says it in the old 1662, it says his face like flint to go to Jerusalem. He was determined to go to Jerusalem, even though he knew it would be the place where he would die for the sins of the world. And on the face of it, his ministry would come to an end, an ignominious end at that. But the reality was, 
as he, as he trusted God, as he pressed on in for the joy that was set before him, so God raised him from the dead. And here we are today in the 21st century, so clever, so sophisticated, here we are lauding and praising and worshiping and telling the story of Jesus again. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. So go, risk, and believe even when the path is unclear. Believe even when the path is unclear. I hope you get it. You know, as you know, we may not have all the answers. We cannot expect all the answers. Otherwise, we are not walking by faith. But it's at times like those when I'm feeling wobbly, when I'm feeling a little uncertain, when I'm feeling a bit threatened and insecure, that I it's at times like that that I really need to press on into Jesus. I need to really seek his face because as I see who he is, and as I said last week, his faithfulness in the past, it gives me faith for the future. A verse of scripture that we sort of floated and, and examined at the beginning of last year, which continues to, to excite me and is continuing, and I believe, to be part of the kind of banner over us at this season, is Ephesians chapter three, verses 20 and 21. When we consider God, who he is, what he is about, you know, what he is doing in the world and in the church and this church today, we can say this about him. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. What can you imagine God doing? What can you imagine God doing in this place? Did you hear that word that Melanie brought? About bringing your friends, your lost ones, your loved ones, your hurting ones, your grieving ones. Bringing your friends because this is a season where God will come as a comforter, the God of all comfort. What can you imagine God doing? This passage says, that he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his, uh, his power that is at work in us. Stand up, church. Wake up, church. It's time to stretch. This is a season. There are seasons where you have to stand firm. We did that for three years following the financial crisis and following all sorts of difficult times. But now is the time not to just heave a huge sigh of relief. Oh my goodness, thank God the winter's over. It's, it's springtime. Now is the time. Now is the time to stretch and to wake up and to press on in, to go, to risk, to believe and to trust God. Because to him be glory in the church. He is determined to glorify himself in the church. Many people believe in God, but they've given up on church. I've got news for you. God has determined, it was his idea, not mine, not another pastor or preacher, but he is determined to glorify himself in the church. Why? Because it is Christ's body. Christ's body. To him be glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. That is an exciting verse, a challenging verse, two verses actually. But it's something that is still still firing me, firing us up at this time. We need to go, we need to risk, we need to believe as we embrace a new year, a new spring-like season. As we begin to look to him and say, what now, Jesus, what more do you want from us? We cannot stay the same. It's just not in the book. 
It's all about transformation. And just as Jesus transformed Kevin and Shelley's life and so many of those other people that we saw being baptized, God is about transforming the church. Dennis said something this week. We were having lunch together and he said to me, you know what, Chris, I truly believe that God can do in two to three years what he took 25 years doing. That is an exciting thought. Often it is like that. It takes a long time to lay down the kind of values and to build character in a community, to build character in me and to, in you and the leaders we have in this church, the staff we have in this church. But there comes a season where there's a growth spurt. You know, you've seen it in your own kids if you have children. You know, one minute they're like this, the next minute they're up there looking down on you. And you think, what am I feeding on those kids on, you know? <laughs> Boy! It's the same with churches, as it is in the natural, so it is in the supernatural. I love what that, 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 that voice of faith, that word of faith that Dennis spoke. God is able to do in two to three years what he did in 25 years. I hope that you will be around in three years' time to see what God does in this place. Power, profile, power, profile, and prosperity. That was a little word he spoke to me. There's been words that God's given me over the Christmas season. Those of you who know me well know that at Christmas, you know, traditionally I've always felt that God gives me a little Christmas present. Uh, I can't go into that now, there isn't time. But it's always a word that's often a word over the year. And some of those words have been, hang on in there, son. It's going to get rough, you know. And I've not, not, not been terribly excited about those words, but I'm grateful for the warning, the heads up. But this time it was power, profile, and prosperity. And that brings responsibilities. It's time, it's time to push out, to enlarge the place in order to do more. We'll keep this place, if I'm talking, you know, to, to not speak in any illusory or allegorical fashion. If we are, if God gives us grace to get one of these other buildings, and all three of these are coming up for sale, we're not going to be selling this place and moving into that one. It will be as well as. Because none of those are any bigger than this one, believe it or not. You know, uh, we need more space. It's a physical thing. Psalm 118, God says, I will lead you out into a wide open space. 118 verse two. All these verses have been coming at me thick and fast over the Christmas period. And there's me, Chris Lane, at my age, and part of me says, oh, haven't you done enough? Oh, for heaven's sake, lighten up, Chris, honestly. You know, just bask in the glow, bask in the glow. If the world had its way, I'd be retired in four and a half years. I don't think so, so help me God. You know, 75 when Abraham began. Boy, 75, I'm a bit, I feel a bit tired. <laughs> I'm scaring myself. No, we're gonna take care of business. You know, we've got a great team here. We've got a great board of directors. Every, God has brought together in so many areas of ministry in this church, an exceptional team. People who we can call upon at a moment's notice and minister in a way that makes your jaw drop open. You are those people. God has called you into this place at this time to serve and serve and serve, to take care of business. And in the words of St. Francis of Assisi, who said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. I'm up for it. 
I hope you are too. Let's stand and pray as the worship team comes back up. Father God, I want to say thank you to you that uh, you believe in us and we would believe in you. We want to go, we want to risk, we want to believe, we want to trust you, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would have mercy upon us because it is human to, to want to be safe, to be secure. It's, it's, it's part of our nature to try and control our environment and to, and to make our boundaries rock hard and all the rest of it set in stone. But Lord God, you through your prophetic word invited us. It's not set in stone. It's yet to be decided. We have a part to play in becoming what you would have us be. And Lord God, we want to work with you to make something beautiful, something that's honoring, something that will have a legacy, something that lives beyond our own lives and something that changes eternal destinies, not just for tens, not just for 69, not just for hundreds, but thousands upon thousands. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.